God's people said? Amen. Amen. We have come tonight to adore our Lord, for that's what this season is all about. Amen. Thank you for coming and gracing us with your uh, presence tonight. I know there's candlelight services all over. As the orchestra goes down or joins the choir, I think we could give them a hand for that 10 minutes of prelude tonight. Thank you, gentlemen, for that. We've got a lot of special music planned tonight, and you're going to be a part of that special music. So I am thankful for your being here to enjoy together the worship of our Lord first. Let's ask God's blessings upon this service tonight, and I trust that God will just give us a very special evening. Father, thank you so much for the privilege that you give to us to be born in America, many of us here, to be able to enjoy Christmas. We know there are many places around the world that maybe Christmas is even celebrated. Though this day and this event are widely renowned throughout all of creation, that, Father, that you sent your Son to be our Savior. Lord, we're grateful for that. We're grateful for the time that we can celebrate with family and friends and for those that have come this evening. It is my prayer that, Lord, that you'll work in our hearts as you see fit, and that, Lord, that we'll just be able to enjoy the creation of uh, all that you've given to us. And as we lift our voices with a special music and those that have opportunity to sing tonight, we want your anointing upon us. And, Lord, it is for your glory that we do this. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our 
That's a great song, isn't it? Praise the Lord for that. It's, uh, I hope that you well out there. By the way, Mike, it's good to see you. And oh, by the way, Mike and his wife were one of the first architects on the design of our building. Mike, why don't you and your wife raise your hand? We didn't get to acknowledge you in the, the uh, grand opening. Let's acknowledge them here tonight. Turned out better than we had anticipated, isn't it? We're glad that you're able to enjoy this Christmas Eve with us. I told our congregation many uh, Sundays ago that uh, uh, someone had said that we were going to be in our, our new church by Christmas time. They should have specified what year that was going to be. We finally made it after four years. And so now it's your opportunity to sing. If you will stand with me, it is page number 218, but it will be on the screen. So if you need the music, you can sing there out of the book or on the screen. Verses 1 and 3, God left his throne for us. Let's sing it together. Lift our voices and sing for his glory.
sending his son to this world to be our Savior. Well, one of the things that we enjoy around here at Westside Baptist Church is helping our young people develop in their music talents. And it's neat to see those that play in the orchestra and then those that are learning piano music and all kinds of instruments. Well, the Bible says uh, that we ought to praise him with everything that we have, with the stringed instruments and and, uh, and even the trombones. I think that was uh, maybe not invented back then, but we can sure praise the Lord.
That was prophesied some six, seven hundred years before he came in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. It says, out of the old Bethlehem of Ephrata, and uh, that he would come. And uh, last Sunday, we talked about all the different prophecies of the Lord's coming. Uh, Jesus Christ didn't just show up on the scene. He was prophesied of old. He came just as was proclaimed in the Old Testament. It's hard to imagine all three, four hundred prophecies of his first coming in the Old Testament, how literally it was fulfilled. Isaiah 7, 14, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Think of all those things so many years before he came. Well, good Christian men rejoice. We get to sing this together. Let's stand as we sing uh, this uh, this evening as well. You're singing well, first, second, and the fourth.
church, and Yoshi flew in all the way from Japan just to be with you tonight. Isn't that a great thing? And he's going to be singing also tomorrow morning at our 9.30, we have a service at 9.30. Hear the angel voices 
beautiful music and you've been a part of that tonight and I'd like to just bring a, a short challenge if I could. Charles Stanley sent out a message to pastors and he says, imagine that you lived in a country where there were no Bibles or churches, you knew nothing about Christianity and have never heard of Jesus. However, in the middle of December, you came to this country or vacation. After arriving, you discover that everyone is celebrating a holiday called Christmas based on the people's activities and the preparation that is taking place. What would you assume was the purpose of the holiday? That's kind of convicting, isn't it? You might conclude that Christmas is about parties and Santa Claus decorations, gifts, family. But from the evidence, would you think that it was some kind of religious holy day? Probably not. We've been celebrating Christmas for a long time. It is the birth of our Savior that we celebrate tonight. There are many items involved in Christmas that have kind of evolved into Christmas. Um, by the way, do you know what was the first state in the United States that uh, made Christmas a holiday? It was Alabama in 13, or excuse me, 1836. Anybody from Alabama here? All right. Do you know when it became a national holiday? 1870. It was after the Civil War. So up to that time, maybe our country was being divided and torn through much of that era. Came to the place to understand that now we can celebrate as a nation the birth of our Savior. There's a song that we uh, sing. It's called, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. 
I'm going to move that so it doesn't pick up my uh, indigestion there. <laughs> Seems like every time I get up and preach, I got indigestion, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, it was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. How many know the song that rings the bells on Christmas Day? All right. That's not any better, is it? I'll tell you what, I'll use the handheld. Yoshi, you got a handheld? I might use that instead. Walk and talk and chew bubble gum at the same time. You know, they're, they're very limited around here with our senior pastors, so this might be more difficult than. He wrote this song in uh, right then during that time, uh, right after the, uh, right during actually the Civil War, he wrote the song. Um, his wife died tragically. Uh, her dress caught on fire, and she was burned to death. He tried to put out the fire and uh, sustain burns himself, but his wife uh, died the next day after that tragedy. And then his son joined the Union Army and uh, was uh, horribly wounded and disfigured in battle. And as he wrote this song, you can kind of sense his, uh, his thoughts. It says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carol play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the days had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. You can see his despair in that verse, can't you? There are many people that feel the same way, maybe some here tonight. But he didn't conclude the song there. He went on to write the next verse. And it says, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Amen to that. Aren't we thankful for the change of the verse? Well, as we get into Christmas season and think about the things and all the things that are incorporated on there, there are many songs written today, uh, secular songs. Uh, you've heard them. Do you know what nationality of writer wrote these songs? White Christmas, Winter Wonderland, Chestnuts Roasting, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I'll Be Home for Christmas, and even O Holy Night. You know what nationality wrote those songs? The Jews did. That's interesting, isn't it? Even uh, other interesting tidbits about jingle bells. Do you know that was not intended for Christmas? It was intended for Thanksgiving. So next time you have your Thanksgiving turkey dinner, start singing jingle bells, all right? Trees came into Christmas with Martin Luther. He brought them in. He saw them out in the 
beauty of the, 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 uh, the woods, and he saw this tree glistening in the moonlight, and he brought it into his house on Christmas Eve and uh, put candles on it. You can imagine how d- dangerous that would be uh, today, but it was only up there for one day. Uh, America has been celebrating Christmas various ways over the years. In 1950, the tallest Christmas tree was put at the White House. It was 221 feet tall. Now you can't put them in City Hall. The meaning and message of Christmas seems to be diminished by the things that are taking place. Even tomorrow, I'd like to encourage us as we gather around our tables and around the Christmas tree to open up gifts. Some of you might open up gifts. How many open up gifts on on Christmas Eve? Can I see? All right. How many open them up Sunday morning? How many aren't getting any gifts because you've been naughty and and not nice? (laughs) Well, as we gather around that tree or whatever it might be, I would hope that young people, especially children, could you just look up at me for just a second? And you think, and maybe your parents tomorrow, that if you just all offer up a prayer of thanksgiving for God giving us the greatest gift of all, God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you see, gift giving is not new, is it? It's been around for a long time. And uh, we know the, uh, you guys are going to have to run the, uh, the PowerPoint. Is it up there, the verses on PowerPoint? Are they up there? Let's see what happened. Nope, they're not up there. All right, I'll just read them to you then. Uh, <clears throat> Matthew 2:11 says, And when they came to the house, they saw, this is about the wise men coming, the young child and Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him, and they opened up their treasures. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph in great poverty, these uh, wise men coming to them? And presenting these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. What a night that was for them. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. In John 3.16, why don't we quote it together? We know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think that's the first verse I ever knew as a child growing up. And then John 6, 23, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, oftentimes when we think about gift giving, we think about giving gifts to our friends or family members. But God gave his son as a gift to this world who were sinners, enemies, if you might say that to God. In fact, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I used to think that I'd have to get my act together in order to put my faith in Christ. No, Jesus died on that cross for us, a world that was cursed by sin from Adam and Eve. I hope you've accepted that gift. Can you imagine leaving gifts under the tree unopened? How strange that would be. Well, God gave his gift. Don't leave him out of your life. I hope you'll put your faith and trust in him. One final passage I'd like to read tonight, and it caught my attention in my devotions this past week. It's Ephesians chapter 2. I don't know if you have your Bibles there, but uh, you could follow along. I wish it was up on the screen. Uh, This really caught my attention in uh, verses 1 through 10. 
it talks about the condition of mankind. He says, in you, that would be all of us, were, hath he quickened, that would be made alive, who were, what, dead in trespasses and sins. He's saying that we have no life in and of ourselves. Oh, we have human life, but we have no spiritual life. There is nothing good that we can merit eternal life. Uh, it's not about being resuscitated. We need a resurrection. He says in verse 2, Where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You know, in our society today that we live in, people want to hear the, the news about how good they are and, and uh, what kinds of great things they're doing. Well, Paul is telling the Ephesian church, which is a church, by the way, that he loved very deeply. He says, you know, remember in times past, you were dead. You were walking as children of disobedience. He says in verse 3, he says, among whom also ye all had your behavior in times past in the lust of the flesh. Oh, there it is up on the screen. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. That's how God describes us, dead, disobedient, and doomed. Then when you go to verse 4, you might look up on that screen and you notice that little squiggly line up there right after 4. In the Greek, that is, uh, or in the English, it is showing what's in the Greek. It's a new paragraph. So here in verse 1 through 3, we saw the dead, the, uh, the disobedient, and the doomed. But then in verse 4, it's like he changes the chapter. He changes the paragraph. I uh, like some of our tracks. Zach, you got these for us, and, and uh, we've got them on the uh, back track rack. It says, leave the established doctrine. The other one is, start a new to pick up one of these and be glad that you need to see where they are on the back track rack in the, uh, the atrium as you came in there right, right across from the Christmas tree. But a new chapter. He says, although disobedient and doomed and dead in our sins, he says, but God, and this is what I love. Uh, this is one of those buts in the Bible that you really like to hear. You know, it's oftentimes people will give you accolades of, of praise and then they say, but. He says here, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath he made us alive together with Christ. By grace we are saved. God's giving to us what we do not deserve, and hath raised us up together, and made us to set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's like from the home of heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done. In verse 6 it says, He hath raised us up together and made us to sit to those heavenly places. Verse 7, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad for that? Verse 8, we know this verse. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift 
greatest gift of all mankind, of all of this world, that God gave his son so that we could be saved. I hope you know again today, it says not by works, not by this church, not by a man, not by any religious order will you get into heaven, lest any man should boast. God, when he saves us, he creates us then to be his workmanship. That word workmanship is an interesting word. It means a whole. We become a new creation in Christ, created in him to do good works. Oh, yeah, after you're saved, your life is changed, and we live differently. God's ordained that we should walk in them. I know how different my life has come after I've gotten saved. I have been saved now for 46 uh, years, and I am so thankful that God sent his son to be my savior. How about you? don't know him as your Savior, you know, tonight could be that night that you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Christmas oftentimes is about uh, the gift giving, the tree, Santa Claus, and all that. Tonight, you've taken time to come and to hear and to sing these songs, to reflect on what Christmas is all about. It's about God sending his son to be your Savior. I would hope that in this time right now, God speaking to your heart and working on your soul, that you would come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. trust in that it's a hope for salvation that you're going to get to heaven by the amount of good works or less good works you do. But it's about your faith in Jesus Christ to be your Savior. If you know that, you can be saved. While your heads are bowed, you can thank him for the salvation that you have in Christ. Tonight, if you don't know him, why don't you invite him in? So, Lord, while we've bowed our heads and we've heard these few words and the messages of song, it is my prayer that you would help someone tonight to open their heart to you. Simply by knowing and recognizing that we are sinners. Every one of us does wrong. Every one of us has, has violated your commands. There's not a person who is right in themselves here. But you can declare us right in your sight by our faith in Christ. So as we have our heads bowed, we give you thanks for sending your Son to be our Savior. And tonight, maybe there's someone who will be born again. And the miracle of that new life coming in to create in them 
a new life for all of eternity. And I'll praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you did ask the Lord to come into your heart, I hope that you'll share that with others. I'm so thankful that when I came home from youth camp where I was saved, I was able to share it with my family. And some rejoiced with me and some didn't rejoice with me. They thought maybe something really was going to happen to me. Well, maybe to some it it did because the Bible calls us a peculiar people. We're here on Christmas Eve together singing and praising our Lord. I don't think that's too peculiar here, but in the world that we live in, it is somewhat peculiar to me, isn't it? But thank you for singing with us. We're going to dismiss the children. So if your child is here and you don't want him playing with fire, and that could go all the way up to 60 years of age or whatever, we have, uh, we have candles in the back that are lighted already uh, that are electric ca- uh, candles. And so we'd like all of our children, uh, is there a particular age on that, Brother uh, Dean, or just parents, you help us with this because we really do not want any uh, child to, to have danger to themselves and to the rest of us. So if the children would go on out to the back, Jamie's going to be singing Joy to the World. Is that what that's for? And the candlelighters also. The candlelighters will go out to the back as well. We're going to dim the lights as much as we can in here. We have emergency egress in here that is just about as bright as most churches are during a regular service. And so we'll bring them down and maybe Ben bring them down to the kids uh, there, but we're going to sing Joy of the World as they get prepared for it, and then uh, the children will come back in, and then we'll light uh, the candles after I play the candles. So go out, let's sing Joy of the You all have a candle, is that right? Can I see your candle? All right. I think there's a, you don't have one up here in the front? All right. We'll try to, I think I saw an extra one up here. Uh, well, now you do. All right. Very good. All right. So as we uh, talk about lighting these candles, we'll give you the instructions. Now, you're all adults in here, is that correct? All right. So we always want to hold our candle up. Um, with um, um, when they're lit. And so when the candle is coming uh, to you to be, to be lit, the candle that's lit stays up. So candles, when they're lit, are always stayed up. But as I come and light my candle, I'll light it by turning it into the candle there. But then once it's lit, it stays up. I pass it to the next person. They turn their candle in it, light it, then turn it up. Is that pretty easy to do? All right. Now, the hard part is when we're done at the end, and that's blowing it out. out. Okay, so I'm going to say this now, and I'll say it again, just in case some people forget. But when you blow out a candle, it still gets on. You blow it real hard. The person in front of you will have the option of going home. All right? So you want to blow it out gently like this. All right? So we'll 
we'll be real careful with that, all right? So I'd, I'd really like this to be as safe as we can and, and all. So everybody understand any questions about how we light the candles? All right, our children will be coming in, and then we'll be singing. We'll stand together. We'll sing three verses of Silent Night once all the candles are lit.
I pray your blessings upon every family that's here tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll send us out now as your blessing. Lord, may tomorrow we take that time before we open up our gifts just to take time to praise and thank you again for the most wonderful gift this world has ever received, and that's Jesus' name. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Review very carefully now. Put your hand and blow it out. And then hold your candle upright for just a moment so that wax could cool a little bit. There you go. I know we're going to give you an A-plus for your efforts tonight. God's good to us. Amen? Thank you for being with us this evening. If you do not have a church service tomorrow to go to, we will be having a 9.30 service at all the doors in the back. The ushers are there to collect the candles there in the back. Be safe as you go home. Enjoy your family and friends tomorrow. Display the candles there in the back. You are dismissed.